You're listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for joining us. On this week's episode, we welcome back Andrew Mensa, who has spent some time with the musician and director, Klein. Because of COVID, I actually ended up having to do everything myself, which was sick, because then I actually had to like think of how I'm going to play certain instruments that I do not know how to play. And... And a lot of it was a lot of figuring things out, which I will always encourage people to do. Even if you can't play something or you're not good at sight reading, like figuring things out. Because I think there's instinctively the sounds that we know we want to hear. There's things that we are we want to do, but I think a lot of people are like nervous about. Multidisciplinary artist Klein recently announced the release of not only her next album, Hamatan, but also her feature-length directorial debut, a film called Care, written, directed, edited and scored by Klein. It's an autobiography, it's a musical, an animation, it's a diary entry, and it explores the social care system, friendship and angst. As you're about to hear, Klein chatted to Andrew about her early music her new album, and the significance of feeling heard. I hope that you have a wonderful listen to Klein on RA's Exchange. Okay, this is uh, our exchange with myself, Andrew Mentor, aka Mr. Holiday. You know, it's a change there, it used to be Peachy, but now it's Mr. Holiday. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's funny. It's <laughs> <the> intro. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joined here today by Klein, an amazing performer, producer, sound collagist. Eek. No? We could scratch that one out. <laughs> you know what that word? I, I just sound collages. I, I don't know what it is. Okay, let's scratch that one. But okay, I'll take it. But I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what that word. I don't know what that word means. Someone said that, and I was just like, oh, okay. But I feel like now I don't know what that word means. Well, I think you're doing it. Hmm. Sound collaging. Collaging sounds, no? Collaging sounds. I mean, to a certain extent, everyone is a sound collagist. In it, I'd yeah. say that. Yeah. I'd say that. But you're a professional sound collagist. Shit. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Period. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, 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 how are you today? Um. Okay. Um. I was saying earlier, I had Nando's on my ones. Staring, oh, on staring at the wall and um, realising how great their artwork is mm-hmm. in Nando's. So I was like, oh, great art. I rate that, you know, like going, doing your thing on your ones. Like, I think it's what you should do. Everyone should do that. Yeah. Go but to I, cinema. Yeah. But I feel I like if I had more friends, I think once I have more friends, I'll be, I'll be, I'll have more people <laughs> to go to Nando's. <laughs> what? Do you have more friends? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? 
but yeah, <laughs> it's not by choice. Okay, um, but but necessity. Well, just you just needed food. Yeah, I needed food. Okay, and I have no friends. That was it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you enjoyed the art. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was doing it for you today. Basically. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I guess I asked that because you uh, you did seem in pretty good spirits. So I just wanted to know what that was down to. That was down is to it, the art there, in no. Nando's. And the peri-peri sauce. The peri-peri sauce. Okay. <laughs> What's your level? What level would you go Medium. for? Medium. Medium. Always. Okay, strong. But the sauce on the side, condiments, extra hot. Just a little bit. Just oh, okay. as a dab. Okay. And not for the whole thing. Yeah, you can't like. Yeah. You've got to be able to taste the food, right? Basically. Yeah. You know. This <laughs> is the thing, man. Like, I mean, yeah, my family, like, Ghanaian as we you so rightly deducted earlier <laughs> um yeah they just like i mean i'm not no i'm not dissing or anything this is no no bad no bad thing at all but and actually i might get like i might get rinsed of this what do you like food like hot yeah i mean but it's like it's everything no matter what it is like it could be i mean it could just be egg. like yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm like that. I'll be putting a whole scotch bonnet in like really an egg. An egg and well, on everything though, right? Yeah, and then people are like, "Come on, like we literally can't taste the food." So, so why do you not have like it on the Hernandez then? Not a whole scotch bonnet. Yeah, no, no, no that's I let Nando's do their thing because I trust their vision. Okay, but on your <laughs> own food, I go crazy. What about when you have food at people's places? I just firm it. I say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you firm it in it. Okay. Um <laughs> so you are from Lewisham. From Lewisham and still live in Lewisham. Not from Lewisham. I oh, know of course you're not from Lewisham. From a lot of places, yeah. but I'm currently um in hiding in Lewisham. Mm. Yeah. Do you enjoy it there? It's okay. It's uh it does its thing. It it, it feels like a it doesn't feel like a real area. Like it feels like um, <laughs> Boy, a set like if it, it feels like a set okay for like a film yeah you feel like the Truman like show. a channel four yeah like yeah like a Truman show or like sims or something like a modern day sims yeah that's what Lucian feels like to that's me anyway funny. I mean I've never thought about it in that way because I grew up in Lewisham not Lewisham Lewisham but like actually no no I mean I go past the sign, welcome to Lewisham, so of course I'm Lewisham, Lewisham. <laughs> yeah, Lewisham, Lewisham. Um, but yeah, Forest Hill, which actually is quite different to how it was when I grew up in mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, that's quite a, I guess because I don't live there anymore, I'd say that's probably quite insightful, like way of uh, looking at the area. Mm. And you're saying you're in hiding. Mm-hmm. Probably a good place to hide. But why? Why? Why in hiding? I'm not sure. You're not sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I I think I'm just gonna go straight in when it comes to the music. Um, your music has been in the past. Obviously, it has developed over over the years, but it has been described in the past as. There've been words banging around like ambient noise, but with like familiar aspects or elements to it. Um, how would you 
what do you think of that now actually looking back and how would you describe your music um now um to someone who who was new to new to it like you just met maybe you told you you're an artist and they asked you that question um, i wouldn't know what to describe it as uh free has- is hashtag free <laughs> <laughs> i was like um i was talking to a friend and they're like yeah it just sounds really free in it and i was just free that uh, i was like oh yeah that's it it's free so i'd say that like i feel like um i don't really necessarily focus on like oh this is experimental da, 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 da. like because i really really am not trying to make experimental stuff i'm just trying to make um i'd say very early on a lot of the strong influences i think when i made only only i definitely was like this is an r&b record mm. and then people were like it's r&b ambient and i was like okay like i didn't even know about what the term even ambient even meant until people started mentioning and throwing these words um around my music um i'd say the live show elements are because i see that as like two different things uh the music I release like digitally and then the music I perform and also kind of release only for like live shows, I'd see them as two different things. Like the live element can be quite, I'd say quite noisy and industrial, but also just quite chaotic and like whimsical and kind of just very year nine. Just like, it just mm. feels like a, like a school, like it's a school project. Um, <laughs> like constantly developing like tiny ideas, whereas the stuff I release online, I wouldn't know what to describe it as just because I don't really like look at my music or like look at what I do and like be like, oh, this is that and this is that. I think sometimes when I see what other people say, I go, oh yeah, I guess it's experimental. But like, I don't really like kind of identify or kind of really feel like it is that experimental. Cause I'm like, who did I come across the other day? It was like, I think it was like negative land through watching like a tiny desk. And I was like, okay, these men, yeah, these are like experiments. <laughs> like I genuinely was like, okay, this is experimental. This is some experimental shit. Like I genuinely felt like that was experimental. Mm. And I don't really feel like what I'm doing is experimental. I just feel like it's just quite like, it's free. Like I just do whatever mm. comes to my mind and whatever feels natural for me to <laughs> do, whether that's like making a a rap song and it just filters into like um i don't know like noise or whatever it's mm. like i like that actually i think it's uh whilst it doesn't quite necessarily give a particular well i mean it, it's so vague <laughs> there's no getting getting around that but but with the context of actually having to listen to your music i think it actually is very it works. I mean, like, as you say, like, you could have, you could go from something a bit more instrumental and something a bit more sort of, um, uh, I guess, left field and a bit more sort of like, more uh, glitchy maybe, or like some electronic aspects in there, or, um, or you go to other uh sides of your music where you've got lots of samples and recordings that you've made 
which you, which are used more to kind of like be the main sort of like thread of the story um, or message or emotion, whatever it is you're trying to um, express. And then you have a lot more natural elements in there as well. So like your acoustic, analog acoustic instruments. Yeah, I think a lot of it is like, um, yeah, I, I work a lot with acoustic instruments. Mm. The ones that I can play really well and the mm. ones I really can't play really well. <laughs> and kind of play around with the sounds I like and also the sounds like make me feel really uncomfortable and I always try and like explore <laughs> why it's making me uncomfortable and then I start to piece things together. Oh uh, interesting. Sounds yeah. that make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. There's mm. like stuff that yeah. Why is which, that? which is funny because like, the stuff that actually made me uncomfortable the stuff that are more like um the more traditional stuff. Okay. As well. Traditional like I think I had a song that I uploaded recently. It was called Comedy Comedy Styles. It was like an R and B X Factor X song, and that had lyrics and the, the and that actually made me feel really uncomfortable because it just made me think of X Factor and the idea. This like I don't know, people just wanting to be famous on TV shows and like the idea of talent shows. And like kind of the way I was singing and like that style mm. <laughs> felt quite eerie. Mm -hmm. And that was that felt more eerie to me than like I don't know, like some of the stuff on Tommy. Yeah. As well, which just that felt more relaxing to me. Interesting. And is that that's something you consciously think think about when you're making stuff something like this makes me feel this way, I'm gonna explore that a bit more. And actually go more into that rather than steer away from it. Shy away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like it's, I feel like it's like a mixture of both. Like I think I feel like definitely like with times where I've like sang more in a traditional way, I found that more eerie because that is literally following a top line that has been like repeated time and time and again, time and time again, and that's why like. So a lot of people, it feels familiar to them because it's literally this like groundhog mm. kind of top line that's just has been repeated for years. Mm -hmm. Whereas like um, when there's times when I'm like straight away more away from that, that's been way more calming, I would say, mm. and felt more relaxing because that's just me doing whatever, not really kind of following like a a top line or a tr tradition of how you're supposed to sing or how you're supposed to play. I was thinking I was saying this to someone the other day about like um like playing the guitar and I was saying that my friend um LA Timper he used to live with me and he <laughs> always tune his guitar just like completely the opposite way <laughs> of the way you're traditional you're supposed to tune it and then the same with me and I used to do that and I was like oh okay that's why it sounds different because we're both we've been being tempo we're both just not using the traditional tuning yeah that you're supposed to tune your guitar to and I feel like that's something for us feels more natural to us than to tune it this traditional way that some I don't know some next man has been like oh it's gotta be like that it's gotta be E4 B D A B C question mark like yeah mm. and that's felt more natural for us to go the opposite way mm -hmm. I'd say I feel like I've rambled but yeah no I no that's really interesting <laughs> I, I didn't realise at all and but it's actually thinking about 
your music while you're saying that actually I don't know whether this is like you know sometimes you have that placebo effect but when someone says something you, you suddenly make that link mm-hmm. but I can to a certain extent think about it how it makes me feel particularly I think when I first listened to your music I I definitely had like moments of uneasiness and I wasn't quite sure why mm-hmm. um but actually it was something which drew me in to listen to it more as well like oh why why does this feel like slightly strange um but also like quite uh intriguing at the same time that mm. makes sense like i yeah i mean i it just makes me think back to like this moment when i was listening to one of your songs um i was introduced to it actually by a friend um who played it to me we had been having conversations um about some stuff that he was going through and i'd listened to your music before not quite in the same way i did at this time um for the last couple of years but it was a song honor and i was actually an ex-work colleague and we were i think for some reason it was just me me and him i used to work for a restaurant um and we were like clearing up at the end of the night that was part obviously part of the context it was like quite late we've been talking um about some of his family stuff and I heard this song and not only the the recording of like the voices all of your voices um but then also like the the place it went to sonically like afterwards as well like kind of like for some reason it's just like it all just really resonated and I think I had like a really new appreciation for your music at that point um I don't know if that have you ever felt that before sometimes with someone else's music um yeah like i feel like yeah most definitely like i feel like there's times when friends have like tried to show me show me stuff and like depending on the mood i'm in or like also i was saying who actually delivers the song as well who actually delivers the message because mm. sometimes if there's someone that's like a bit like a bit booky and they're ch- and you're just like, mm, uh, nah, I ain't gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna listen. I'll come back to you later. And I definitely feel like um, that I felt that way. I think the first time. I think I feel like maybe one friend or someone played me Jalen, and I feel like that was definitely a time that I was just listening to chart music, like, and I was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah it's cool. And I was like, it's cool. And then like a year or two years later, I was like, what the fuck? I was like. Jalen is sick. Like mm. this is great. And, uh, and my friend was like, "I literally played this exact song to you." I was like, "Really? Nah, 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 nah." But I feel like the place I was in mentally was so different mm. that I was able to really process what their music was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm. and I feel like with Honor, it's quite a it's quite a weird one because it is like I see it's like this like really long interlude, and I. I can't even imagine it being played in in groups. Mm. I only envision the the track being played in like solitude. Mm. So it's it's a weird one because it's not really intended for like a, it's not really like an easy easy lis- listening kind of track. Yeah, I don't really find it as a, a, you know an easy listening track to even listen back to personally. Mm. Like, and even Ami, who's my family friend, who's on who's the girl talking who's doing the talking for me um anna she hasn't even listened to the track because it wasn't really a, it wasn't an easy listening listen for her mm. it's so interesting actually that you said that 
you don't see it as something to be well it wasn't you don't see it as an intended uh to be listened to like in a group setting Mm-mm. is that uh is that just by chance that was like something that you felt about it like after you'd released it or were you kind of aware of that at the time and I guess it's like an interesting insight as to maybe why you put things out and why you make certain things and and then the role that they you see them playing mm. in in the wider context of the world. Yeah, I yeah. feel like the only I feel like the only track that I, I on the Lifetime record that I envisioned being like, hey, I can imagine that being played out loud was like called Clay Bit, mm. and I was like, ha, because that literally was that's like a that's a one take. So that literally was me recording a live set and that's claim it. So I don't actually have the stems or any of the, because it literally was like a one take. Whereas like honor was literally a conversation with my, like a, I don't know, my dad's family friend, cousin, I don't know. And I hadn't spoken to him in a very, in a long, in a hot minute basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she just was just talking at us and, um, yeah, we were listening. We just muted our mics and she just kept on talking. And at the time, I found it quite funny. Um, the next day, I just made something and I was like, ha, this is funny. And I sent it to my email. And then, like, I think two days later, I lost my phone. <laughs> so, like, yeah, on that's the only recording I have of that conversation. It only exists within that track. So it is quite funny that people listen to it. Because I feel like I'm sure a lot of people have had that kind of experience where you feel like adults just don't listen mm-hmm. to you, and it's just this like you feel like you're in the, you're in this like weird vortex wormhole, and I kind of wanted to like I guess explore that as as the song kind of progresses into these like footsteps and like kind of the harsh guitar towards the end. Yeah. And yeah, so it wasn't a thing that I think when other people were like, ah, oh, yeah, I, honest, but I like honor. I'm like. Okay, like it's okay if you like it, cool. Because mm. it's not really, and also it's not intended to be liked. It's just like mm. you know, it's one of those things where it's like it's like putting your like you're literally putting your like diary, just plotting it within the record to kind of give like a guess, a context, sure of yeah things. But yeah, I don't really think of where the songs live. Mm-hmm. That's why it's always funny. I was like, that's why it always takes me ages for like stuff to make it onto streaming because mm-hmm. I'm always like, what is this for? Like, like I don't know. I, I never understand why people want to listen to what I make. Really, I just upload it. I just like. I actually just like uploading things on Bandcamp. <laughs> I just think it's like quite a, a, like a a nice website. And then when other people listen, or it goes lives in other places. That's when I find it quite, I guess, interesting. Yeah. That is, I mean, particularly what you were saying about, um, I just want to kind of like circle back slightly, but what you were talking about the, the, I guess like the main um, meat of the, of the track honor with the recording and how you like, you kind of like find yourself in the vortex. That was really interesting because I think actually when you listen, at least when I listened back, that's exactly what it sounded like mm. and it's so interesting that that was uh it wasn't a sort of like intentional sort of like overdub thing it was mm. like it was just like a recording that you made 
at the moment. Yeah, we literally muted our mics. That's why it's so funny because people always say, oh my God, the layering of that, it's so sick. I'm like, the layering, I was like, that was a real, I was like, that was a real conversation. We just muted our mics and she just spoke at us. And that was quite, um, I found that, honestly, is one of, still, you know, I'd say top, top five most iconic moments mm. in in TV history. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, really, it, really, it really does come across as like very theatrical. So theatrical. Like it really does. And it's actually like quite powerful in that way. Like mm. it's as if like you wrote it and you had, well, maybe not wrote the person speaking necessarily. No, but, completely. But like the... Uh, but your friend, um, and I think you come in at like yeah, I'm, yeah. I I, I, I I speak in the bit, yeah. but I'm like, but I'm not really a confrontational person, mm. so I'm just kind of like, I'm just like quiet <laughs> a lot in the background. Yeah, and yeah. But those, but but your, but your voices in that, like the role that they play, actually, it it really does. Like I know it was like it was a life thing. It wasn't something that was uh, created for for the song necessarily, but. Actually, that even makes it way more powerful in a sense because yeah. it was the these were like feelings and emotions that were coming straight from the person. Like mm. it wasn't scripted, it's, and mm. and I think actually that's probably why. Like particularly having the context of me listening to that song, um, speaking to my friend who's going through something quite similar, um, he basically he basically had been talking about his his family and I think them not listening slash not understanding like him as a person it was um I imagine actually people who do aside from the actual musicality of it that will like really resonate that those the emotions will um and the words and, and just like the topics that were being discussed will will totally resonate with them mm. And it's yeah, it's quite powerful, and it's I I find it amazing that actually it was uh, <laughs> something that just happened. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I find that quite crazy. Um, but speaking of like the scripted reality, <laughs> exactly. I've been thinking about scripted reality. I wish it was scripted reality, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way, I think because it isn't that that actually makes it like a bit more special as well. I know it's not something that you find easy to listen to or anyone yeah. that's involved, but I think knowing that it, it definitely will reach people and maybe just like make them like kind of think, I think it's, it's one of those things where there's so many things that kind of come into it. Like it's like culture and the way cultures change, like in <clears throat> within like diaspora and like, I don't know, like, first second generation like immigrants etc all these things like kind of come up um and they can all come up like simultaneously whilst you're listening and like thinking about like actually like this is where they're coming from but actually you live in this place and mm. you need to understand like where i'm coming from sorry i'm getting a little bit deep um period <laughs> but coming back to where i wanted to lead to was basically like the use of like voices and human voice and your own voice I feel like are quite um quite important elements to your music in general um and 
it feels to me that listening to quite a lot of your your music that you, there's there is a bit of a distinction and the the recordings for example this one um this song on them and, and others as well um uh i feel like you use it in a in a way in which you want to sort of like portray a message without there being sort of like any misinterpretation of what it is you're trying to say mm-hmm. would you say that's true yeah yeah I'd, I'd, I'd say that like i feel like um and a lot of times it's like it could be as literal like you know like 99 on lifetime it's like quite a literal thing of what i've experienced mm-hmm. and that was that <laughs> and then i have like a this like silly song that's like a top line called Bo- and Bola <laughs> and it's just like an R&B top line and I had just envisioned um, Yummy Biggin mm. like um, she sang that song come get it babe yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I just like thought of her and it was like quite comical and it was very much about like I need a bala and then a jana and then and I was like ah and, and I think a lot of times I was kind of I, think, I don't know I think the use of voice is quite I think I've said it before, it is like used as an instrument, but it's also kind of this like secondary thing that it doesn't really define, necessarily define the song. It's just this additional pillar to the song. Mm. That's why I kind of like over the past few years, you've probably noticed I've used voice less and less because now I'm like, I've started to find more ways of kind of communicating an idea mm-hmm. without necessarily me having to like necessarily utter really a word. Which in um, the Hamatan record, I think there's like one song, the one with Charlotte Church and myself, where it's just that's the only one that has voice. And I'm not gonna lie, I sound like I'm from the 1950s. I just sound old, and I think even that, I just kind of wanted to just kind of echo kind of the old gen of what of what the classical world it meant mm-hmm. as well, and that's the only time voice is used, and yeah i don't know what i'm talking about but yeah but i think it's definitely like um i think the use of voice is quite secondary to me it's not really the main focus Mm. yeah and that um process of finding and developing your way the ways in which you express like emotion through the music itself like was that something you decided to do consciously or was it something that just kind of just happened as you developed your own like skills with um with production and exploring ideas um i feel like it was quite like a natural thing just because i kind of wanted to be a filmmaker so I was like a runner. I think I worked at Brits Got. No, I think <laughs> I did work on Brits Got Talent. <laughs> I, I got I got it on my CV. Um, it's official. I, yeah, I was just working as a runner, production assistant, and that was kind of my goal. I think before having to quit my job, I got a really sick job as a transcriber for this Channel Four show, and that was kind of what I wanted to do really. And then kind of a lot of time in my spare time just as a therapeutic thing for myself i just make stuff initially didn't really have a face to it and then i put a face to it and then my friends found out about it and then i'd do shows but and i was like okay this is cool but it wasn't still something 
that I had seen as like a career because it was just like, there was really no reference point for me to see as a career. So it was just really something that organically I was just like, la, 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 la. And I'm kind of happy that it was that way because even when I did the EP with Hyperdub, if I knew who they were at the time and what releasing with them meant, I the record would have not been what it was because mm. I would have kind of overthung. It would just been like, just very, just like a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Mm. to it whereas like i was actually able to just have fun because literally i had no idea who code nine was and i was like okay cool and i was just like it literally was like me having fun as well and just kind of exploring ideas and like tones like like 1950s like tonalities that i just thought were so sick and or even like older <laughs> like like 1920s like kind of blues types like singing melodies um, and I kind of have always had that kind of approach kind of over the past few years, like where I've just been like, okay, all right, now I'm gonna make this, okay. And then when I did Frozen, it was just like, okay, this is a one take. And it was just like a one take. Mm. And it was just like fun. It was just like my guitar, um, my keyboard, and my laptop, it just record and then upload. And that was Frozen. And I, probably the only record I'd say that had like, quite i think i say lifetime would claim it was a little bit thought out but i'd say hammer town the recent one is probably the most like i've had like a clear kind of conscious thing of what i'm trying to make yeah and i just I, honestly i just wanted like um hammer town just like i think the idea initially when i um was gonna do this record with pentatone i was like y'all gonna get me with all the best street players in the world and the orchestra and well that didn't happen because of covid so i actually ended up having to do everything myself which was sick because then i actually had to like think of how i'm gonna play certain instruments that i do not know how to play mm -hmm. and and a lot of it was a lot of figuring things out which i will always encourage people to do even if you can't play something or you're not good at sight reading like figuring things out because i think there's instinctively we the sounds that we know we want to hear there's things that we are we want to do but i think a lot of people are like nervous about so even like um one thing song that was quite thought out was like the haunting of grace i, I definitely wanted it to sound like this epic religious like drama like <laughs> ben-hur kind of era and I wanted like tuba, but I don't have a tuba and I can't play a tuba. And it was lockdown, but I have a harmonica. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, I just always looked at the harmonica. It's like, it is like deemed as like the lowest form of like, I don't know, the orchestra. Like the triangle. Yeah, the, the, yeah like the triangle, <laughs> literally. And for me, I was like, oh, how do I give power to this like harmonica? And I ended up like transposing it to sound like a tuba. And then like developing it, developing it. And then like towards the end, the harmonica then has its own life within itself. And then like the strings are the piano and the piano is da -da -da -da. And like kind of then I really then got into into like, oh sh shit, I could really just like whatever instrument I wanna play, even if I can't play it, I can flip it. Like mm. I can, if I wanna play drums, I could just run down my stairs and just record them and like manipulate that. 
and like you know like kind of like program it to literally sound like a drum and it became really fun like having this like more thought out approach and I think a lot of that kind of came from me from the live shows I'd done where I was able to like over the past few years just test out ideas and like just play around with testing ideas until I've now gotten to this point where I feel slightly more confident in what I want to hear mm. for myself, mm-hmm. really. Um, and that's a three-minute tuba track. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah. It sounds actually like you were talking about the the, the process like, of recording the Hammer Time record that um, it felt, I mean, it felt like <laughs> it was almost like a bit of a watershed like kind of moment there, like in, I guess, in your own sort of like development um where you kind of came to this realization that you could actually pretty much do whatever you wanted. Um, well, within limits, obviously, but it was, but it sounds like it was like through adversity. Oh no, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. It was, it wasn't like, it definitely wasn't easy, like making that record. Cause I literally was like at home alone and I, Thank God I had like Brandon, Woody, who was actually my band when I did the show at MoMA. Mm. And then we were able to go back and forth and he sent some like like horn arrangement and then I then like pl- played with that and I was able to then like play around with that also with me playing the harmonica and Kush who came around once. And that was like cool, but I think a lot of it was kind of me really having to figure out how to like make it sound kind of grand in the scheme of what I want to hear as well because it's not like it's not like you know in in terms of like classical it's not there's like a song called Ray dedicated to Ray J and it's Mm -hmm. just a drone track and that's one of my favorite tracks as well. That's like really was developed on a guitar and then just gone through a lot of, a lot of effects. Mm. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite tracks as well. And kind of having the confidence to kind of do that and not worry what other people think. Cause I, d- I definitely feel like a, a lot of people when they make stuff, they think a lot about, you constantly are thinking about other people. Mm. I feel like, I was in a sense like I think like Hope Dealers was like the one track that I thought for other I thought of other people. I was like, oh, I want this song to be like a wedding track. Like I want this song to exist in a wedding or funeral. Or just like for mums. <laughs> or to be repurposed. Like I want it to be sampled. I want like yeah. someone to just take it and like do whatever they want. But then everything else was just like, okay, what do you do you wanna hear? like some old ass Ben Hur-esque track. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to hear. And I thought that'd be cool and fun to perform that with my friends in 2021. Like it's pretty funny, but it has definitely come from not really having that much resources at all. Mm. And a lot of it, just figuring things out myself, really. How have you... um 
being able to kind of like hold on to that because you mentioned not having many resources but like I'm just thinking back to when you were talking about the fact you didn't know who Hyperdub were mm-hmm. and who Codename were and there um, being this uh, I guess it maintaining um, a I guess like a sense of naivety in a sense mm-hmm. um, to your music making because you didn't have this like prior knowledge mm. which would maybe affect the way you approach them making mm. your music like how has how have you maintained that um as such i guess like because also is one of those things when um when you're a musician and learning and you mm-hmm. you become more experienced and more more like developed in your craft like you you actually your brain actually processes like music in different ways right like Mm -hmm. you're you're far more analytical like but it sounds like even through that you're still able to kind of like approach it in a way which feels quite natural and like um and still like comes back to the way you would have like approached things um in the past Mm. I guess, like, um, um, I will say that, like, from doing stuff and, like, playing shows, is the great thing about it is actually just granting me the opportunity to know about artists I just would never come across. Because I literally used to just listen listen to Radio 1, Capital One Extra, da, 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 watch Breakfast Club, Hot 97. So there was just kind of no way I would have ever come across like even someone like Chino Moby mm. if it wasn't through playing shows or More Mother mm-hmm. and who would play shows multiple times and all these other artists. And I think that was sick because I think from playing all these shows and even playing like different venues, I was able to be like, ooh, okay, surround sound, okay. Mm-hmm. And like even just like know and like meet other artists that would be like, oh, imagine if it was like a like left pan and right pan. And I was like, oh yeah, I never thought about that, you know? Mm. And then that, that those parts I thought was sick because then I was actually able to like meet other people that were like kind of weird and would be like, oh my God, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, you know that song with the, 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 that goes, they're like yeah 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 you got you got to put that out i'm like oh sick whereas before whenever i'd make stuff i like show it to like maybe certain friends or people i know they'd be like mm, nah it's a bit weird you know that's a bit weird mm, i'm not sure mm. whereas now there was kind of i was being exposed to a big more bigger references of just like other artists that were making stuff that maybe weren't kind of radio music and that's been really cool but in terms of like naivety um i don't know like i feel like i still i think i like that i am aware of artists that exist like i think (laughs) four years ago the Mm. only person that i knew that did musicals i thought was cool was like andrew lloyd webber and i was Mm. like "Mm, i don't know andrew lloyd webber whereas now if i'm even like playing shows meeting more people i've been like I found out about Ishmael Reed, like Bill Gunn, and just people that I just would never have come across if I wasn't in this field. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I still feel like I'm quite naive, but um, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to do my Google searches more <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, I am actually going to take back what I said in the sense that I think you kind of answered it as, as you were speaking 
um i wouldn't necessarily i would i say not take back but i'm going to rephrase it i don't think it's necessarily naivety but i think that what you describe is like when you you meet new people and mm-hmm. it's like they introduce to new things actually that's you still have that same sort of like excitement of like finding mm-hmm. something out for the first time and that all of that goes into what you're doing like mm-hmm. and it feeds back in because it just makes you. you feel like you're not alone like it kind of yeah. makes you feel like okay i can i can do this like you know when you you know i went to like even when like oh my god i remember i went to this show i can't remember what it was and it was just so chaotic and it was just so random and i was like oh shit like you can do this sick cool that's nice because i was doing this and like people were saying you can't do this you Mm. you can't do that that's a bit weird from being able to i don't know from from being able to do shows and have access to meet other people and whether that's like even like let's say someone's written about me and i'm like oh what the heck is a resident advisory and i'm like oh cool and i'm like checking out other artists that i would have never kind of come across on i don't know like rolling loud or anything like that Mm. rolling stone not rolling loud rolling loud is the festival Mm -hmm. but you get the gist but yeah (laughs) no it's amazing um i also want to talk to you about just i mean obviously this has been a question that obviously everyone gets asked but i think it's very relevant like how <laughs> have you found the last year and a half or so 18 months like how has that affected your your career if it has at all mm, i feel like i was able to just like stop i think it was good just like stopping mm. and actually being like ah because i feel like i definitely was like i had a job like a, a normal job and then I had to quit it because there was this like Dev Hines thing, a boiler room when I was opening up for him and it afforded me to like not pay rent for like six months. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden I was like, kind of fell into it and I was kind of like, huh? And then before, before I knew it, I was just like in this world. Mm. And I, I don't know how I felt about that because I was like, I still wanted my normal job back because uh, it was quite fun. And I think from things stop like slowing down or just stopping, I was able to just go back to the stuff that I was kind of on before mm. even like playing these like festivals, which was just writing, <laughs> just like making dumb websites. I think um, I used to make websites, I had so many blogs when I was like a teenager and I just got into, I just got, I started making just bare websites. Like I made a video game. I made like a film website called myownmaurice.me. And it was just fun. Like it was just fun to just like get back, get back into the things that kind of informed kind of my music. Yeah. And that was fun. And like me and Tim Per would go like once, like I think it was like once a week, we'll play like badminton, like Lady World Park. I was like, and I used to play badminton and I did that for London youth games. I was like, ah, that was fun. And I think I very much enjoyed that period of having no money. <laughs> no, but it was sick because it was sick because it just meant I was able to just like have fun and actually just do the things that I actually liked that I just didn't really have time to do because mm. I was just like playing shows and playing shows and playing shows. Yeah. 
as well. And whilst, well, now that things are sort of like opening up again, is there, how are you feeling about it? Is there, do you feel like you're coming from a different, you're looking at it or going to approach it from a different place? Um, I feel like I'm just taking more time for just other stuff that yeah. I'm actually just, but I really like, whether that's like, I don't know, volunteering or doing some sports or it sounds so cheesy it's like doing some sports no not at all but i don't know like just like taking more time but i think now i've had enough time to just kind of realize where i where i want to play and where i don't want to play and like what ideas i want to kind of develop for shows and um and that's quite fun i'm looking i'm kind of in a weird way kind of looking forward to getting back getting back on the road (laughs) basically (laughs) so yeah is there um is there a particular goal is there something that you you mentioned like there being like some ideas that you want to explore maybe is there something in particular i've got like i feel like i've got like two film ideas i want to do like a play like no like two play ideas that i want to develop is it two yeah two play ideas two film ideas like, I definitely want to develop the, the video game I made in um, case fully one into, like, a film. I think that would be a good film, I think. I'll watch it. And then... <laughs> uh, scary film. Um, I don't know. Like, just just bare shit. Like, um, I, I want to see... I want to do more transcribing stuff because that's what I was doing before. That was kind of fun. Maybe get back, get back into the scripted reality TV world just like stuff that i would like stuff that i was literally doing that i just stopped um when i started doing music which is silly because i think those things can exist at the same they both can exist Mm -hmm. and i think at the time i was like no they can't they can't exist at the same time so i just quit my job so i think definitely want to get back into doing more of that kind of stuff maybe britain's got talent maybe this time try and be a production assistant and not a runner. Mm, okay. Well. Yeah, just <laughs> leveling I was, up. I, was about to, I literally thought you were about to say be a contestant. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm so into that. I feel like actually, you're completely right. They can coexist. Like, there's absolutely no reason for that not to happen. And actually, I mean, you've done it, no? Mm-hmm. So, why not? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had more time. I realised that we've been talking quite a while, but um, I yeah, I really want to get into a bit more. Um, but maybe we could do it again. Period. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you so much for coming in today. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, I really do <laughs> want to revisit. Like, I just find like your. <laughs> just everything about the way you like get things out from your brain into the ether into sonic waves like just quite uh strange <laughs> not straight yeah well maybe but i mean i feel like i haven't quite got there like yeah. we were talking before and you you said that you feel like you don't quite feel like you've yet articulated the way in which you want to describe what you do or what you're about and 
you wish you could just have it out there in some yeah. sort of oh, yeah yeah so i wish I, there was like a someone can get into my head like a like a data chip mm. or like a i don't know you know what just, I mean? just yeah, extract it. yeah extract something into yeah. a hologram of like all my thoughts just like that crunking <laughs> doing like a dance battle <laughs> with each other that's how i feel i feel like it's not i feel like don't feel like that's very far away <laughs> i don't feel like it is um <laughs> but yeah i was equally love to see that so yeah that being said though um, um me and josie um were talking about doing a dance movie okay imagine like you got served mm-hmm. but with a vampire twist and Again. it's like scored, and then the, we we score it, but then we also like choreograph it. That'd be a vibe. That would be a In definite it. vibe. Definite In vibe. It. I'm but into it. I feel like there needs to be more dance movies. What? What would your movie be like? Like a vampire dance movie. So like, honey, step up. Mm. Okay. Not step up. Not step you, up. But you got served. Like you got served. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big yeah. ensemble team. Yeah. So. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, This has been our exchange. Thank you so much, Klein. All right. Thank you for having me. Peace out. Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange with Klein and Andrew Mensah. Our full archive is available for you to take in. If you enjoyed this episode, you might like to listen to Vanessa Maria in conversation with the curator and DJ Tash LC. Their chat is available on all platforms right now. I'll have a new episode for you next week. Until then, take care. Thank you.